God for the journey thus far. For letting us see the light of the new day. All this to a great extent culminates to all that makes us who we are in God's presence. Our joy, our testimony today is that as far as today is concerned, that if heaven was to come for you, your faith is still uh, intact. The greatest treasure of your life in union with Jesus is still very much fresh and intact. That's your greatest gift you have. We're having a prayer session and we're asking, Lord, what do we have? What else do we have? We have lost almost everything. He said, no. You have not lost everything. You have not lost everything. You are still having the bunch of what really matters. And we're asking, what is it? He said, your faith. Just this simple thing of believing and still being God's word, he said, yes. In the eyes of men, it makes no sense. Remember Jesus said, when I come back, will I still find faith on earth? Not faith, religious faith, going to church, but the faith that is built on the constant voice of God that speaks to you. You know? The faith that still directs your steps. That each day, God's hand can still move you. He can tell you do this and you respond. That type of faith. It's very small, huh? But see, if that faith, you have it, it's as small as a mustard seed. If you tell it to move mountain, it can move mountain. That means it has capacity. 
But for us, sometimes it doesn't make much sense. Paul, after his uh, gospel uh, expertise and preaching of the gospel over the world, he said, I've run the race, I've uh, finished my course, and what? I have kept the faith. That was the last thing he said. So, child of God, keep your faith. Keep your fervency. If two, three days pass and you have not heard the voice of God in your heart, drop everything, go and seek him. Let him speak to you. Even though we know that God every day is always speaking. The moment you are not hearing his voice again, it means you are under attack. Because the only signal you get from the headquarters is that voice. You are like a plane who, that is in the air. You need the person from the control tower to tell you where you are and how to land. Once you miss that person, sorry, you will be in the air, you will never land. That's how the voice of God is. Because our journey on this earth is wider than what we can see with our naked eyes. The moment you are born into this earth, you are born like the plane that is in the air. You are flying. You need direction. For those who don't understand, for this way it doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> First Samuel 2 verse 9. What does he say? Number one, he says, the Lord orders the steps of the saints. Say, the Lord orders my steps. The Lord orders my steps. Say it again as a, as a faith declaration. Say, the Lord orders my steps. Every day, I'm led by the Lord. Amen. Could we wake up sometime? And you look into the day. Say, Lord, order my steps. I decree that my steps shall be ordered by the Lord. Nothing else will order my steps. Because many a times you, you take your steps and end up in darkness. Let him order your steps. Any step that I'm taking, Lord, that does not synchronize with the grace of my salvation, retrieve it. He knows how to stop you. You can just touch your socket here and you'll get this location. It's enough. It may be painful, but it has prevented something much you know, greater that awaits you. The Lord orders the steps of his saints. Not everybody. The Lord is not just ordering the steps of everybody. Only those who are his saints. And I will tell you, in this context, who are the saints? Who are the saints that the Lord orders the steps? He orders your steps through your conscience. He orders your steps through the uneasiness you feel sometimes. He can order your steps through vision, through dreams. He can order your steps through, you know, creating an unfavorable, you know, circumstance or situation. 
that as you discern, you know, the Lord is saying either yes or no. And the meter that reads all this is the peace of God in your heart. Once you are losing your peace, he's telling you no. But once your peace is at the optimal level, that is the yes of God. In this wicked, this evil and perverse generation that the creator himself has tagged, child of God, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled that your eyes is giving you perfect information. Amen. Amen. Are we together here? Yes. Those of you at the back, are you together? Are we together? Please. When I wake up every morning, I declare him the Lord of my feet. <laughs> Even when there's a need for you to hustle, tell him to order yourself. He will lead you to where you will get what you want. There are ways that seem right, child of God, but the end is accident. The end is entering the hands of the wrong people. The end is many things. And more than ever, it is now we actually need that guidance because the quality of darkness showing forth is getting thicker and thicker. I should tell you that down the line, it will get worse. It's not to discourage you, but just to tell you that the darker it is, the brighter the light. You will know how these lights that are up here right now are bright until when it is dark at night. You will see. But now the sun shining at this optimum uh, dimension, you will not feel the impact of this light. But when it gets dark, even the small light that was insignificant, from nowhere begins to shine bright and bright. So, if the world is getting darker, it's not for us. Amen? Amen. Because we have what it takes to deal with the darkness. And that is what the Holy Spirit wants to raise in the church. We want to make sure that you clean up your, your lantern. Huh? So it can shine bright. He said, let your light so shine. Can you imagine? Let your light. You have a light. Let it so shine that men may see it. That means it can be perceivable. May the Lord order your steps. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Holy Spirit, we commit our feet into your hand. We commit every movement that will come out of us into your hand. Order them, oh God, in the path of blessing, in the path of peace, in the path of progress. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, vet every decision we take, vet every choice we make. For our choices, our decisions, and they think we make up in our minds are not sufficient, oh God. Our ways may seem right. Be our sufficiency, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <coughs> no other one.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Have you preached some? Have you opened the Bible to read? Can somebody read it for me? There are three powerful words there that we must digest before we move forward. Mm hmm. Yes, the wicked, he silences in darkness. Wicked. That means he will use the very machinery of the enemy to silence them. <laughs> Because we have so much machinery of darkness at work right now. So much of them. So much. So much negative incantations have been chanted from all over the world. So many altars are contesting the souls of men. Wicked altars. Different devilish organizations. They have partners with, the, with the, the structure of the world. Do you know the amount of sacrifices that have been made over, all, over, all over the world every day? With different animals, human beings. Altars are being raised at different quarters. Everywhere, the voice of altars is speaking. Unseen forces are being conjured against humanity. The devil knows that his time is so short and he's not taking chances. He has come to a level where all forms of energies are being projected and left to float and men step into it and become victims of such energies. It's not like a snare. So that as you wake up every morning, you are moving. You don't know the things that you are going to jam in the atmosphere. Some hit it and instantly get stroke. Some get it. From that moment, their whole life changes. They are reconfigured and reprogrammed to become a different thing entirely. The devil is a hunter. They have put a lot of snares everywhere. The Bible calls it the, the, the snare of the fowler. Have you heard it before? Yes. Have you heard the word, the snare of the fowler? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a snare. He knows he will pass this way. He puts his snares there. If God was to open your eyes, you'd be shocked that the quality of darkness in the spirit, this sunlight, this brightness you are seeing is, 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 a, is a camouflage. That's why the greatest prophet in the land of Israel that we know, whose words when he speaks never drops, is one giving us this revelation. The man that shot the walls of the enemy out of the land of Israel for more than 40 years. The Bible says that because of Samuel, the hand of God was perpetual against the Philistines. During the era of Samuel, there was no war in the land of Israel. Not that the Philistines did not try to come and fight. They came. 
They will plan. But before they will execute, they probably will not even know. Angels of God will go and slaughter them. The man commanded so much grace in the office of the prophetic that God handed over the key of the land of Israel to him. And he controlled the space, the future space of Israel for more than 40 years. No violence broke up. No war in the land of Israel. The Philistines knew that as long as Samuel was alive, they were rendered futile. <laughs> oh, I like that official. We need it now more than ever. That man has grown into stature. He was your prayer. The quality of maturity he has demonstrated in his soul is so much that God can bank on it. And generates, generates such a grace and power to subdue the enemies perpetually. Even his sleep is raw material for the kingdom of God. Shout it with your man. Yeah. You're on the line too. God is trusting you for that. That's why this training is very important. Because he says, until a servant is trained, he cannot be like his master. So being like the master is the ultimate focus you have. Many Christians don't care. Am I become like the master? It's not part of the agenda. But they want everything to work out well for them. Sorry. The only image that will keep you is the image of the master. Every day you should go and look at the mirror of the word of God and ask yourself, am I becoming like my master? And deal with everything that is disfiguring your image to be like the master. Because as long as you are disfigured, you are born to be a victim. It was that Samuel that gave us this secret. The Lord orders the steps of his saints. No wonder he was so powerful. That means that man didn't do anything without it coming from God. Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So every day he gets signal on the steps to take. Everything he was doing was subject to the scrutiny of the word of God. He has promised he will never fail. I will follow, I will follow him. He has promised he will never fail. His Forevermore, his faithfulness is forevermore. The wicked he silences in darkness. <laughs> 
they will use the same weapons the wicked have and use it to silence them. There's an attitude you sustain in the spirit that when you remain steadfast in that dimension, the weapons the enemies are cooking up around you to destroy you, to harm you, will be the very instrument that God will use to silence them. As I already saw, that no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn. But now, Samuel is telling us a higher dimension of it that even the instruments fashioned against you is actually meant to bring about their own uh, downfall. So, to fashion weapon, no problem. They should go ahead. Every fashion of darkness is brought to naught in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As many who are connected to us, either by blood or by friendship or by faith, wherever they are, let the administration taking place here right now be their strength and be their deliverer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So on account of this, don't be afraid of anything. As long as his word is what is guiding your steps every day, that's why you must open up your heart to hear his voice daily. The treasure of the day is that you have heard the voice of the master. Child of God, you don't need to hear the voice speaking about what you want. No, no, no. But the important thing is, did I hear from him today? Did the Lord minister his words to me? Was any word, has any word blessed me today? Yes, that is sufficient. If God speak, gives you one word, even though it addresses one thing, it has capacity to influence every other thing in your life. So David now says, your word to me is a lamp unto my steps. And a light onto my feet. He sends his word to heal them and to deliver them from destruction. The entrance of your word in my heart brings light. The Bible says God spoke to Jacob and it lighted up Israel. What God spoke to Jacob is what now what determined the destiny of Israel. All these things happen so much in the supernatural. Each time I expose myself or I open myself up to the word of God, and my soul traps the energy that is locked up in the word of God, which is his spirit and life. As many who are connected to me, as many who are connected to me, they are beneficiaries of that light. That's why the Bible says the posterity of the righteous shall be delivered. Israel was secured because Jacob trapped the word of God. Open yourself up 
Allow your soul to test the word of God to bless your family, to bless your children, to bless as many who are connected to you. Because one light can light up an entire environment. And that means each time the word, the light of God enters, darkness is shut down to a reasonable quantity. Darkness is shut down. The walls of darkness shut down. You may not see these things because they are very mystic about it. It's something mysterious. Our eyes cannot capture the demonstration of light against darkness in the spirit. Do you know there is a, a level of revelation of God's word that will hit my soul so much that somebody I don't even know who may know me on account of that is blessed. The important is that there was an entrance of the word. Amen? Amen. There was an entrance of the word. These are very simple spiritual exercises that we Christians must be furnished with. It's not only prayer, 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 prayer. You know? So the question every day should be, did God send his word? Our concern among us should be, ah, did the Lord send any word to you? That should be our concern. Every morning. Did anybody receive any word? Any ministration? And then when I say yes, the Lord spoke to me. I'll say what? The person now shares the bread of life for that day. That bread carries healing. That bread carries salvation. That bread carries protection. Anything you can think of life, you say it's called the bread of what? You say the bread of the stomach? So anywhere life is having any deficiency, that bread will sort it out. I'm the living bread. He who eats of me shall never go hungry. That means you will not be famished. The word famish has to do with is linked to some kind of infirmity. You know what is infirmity? Infirmity is anything that has to do with either sickness, limitation, you know, difficulties and all that. To be famished means to be hungry. They say the elementary sickness is hunger. <laughs> Abi? Once you give the give bring in the drug, what happens? The hunger goes. So when the body begins to complain of weakness and all that, when the body starts lacking the relevant nutrients that it requires, it triggers the hormones for hunger. For you to eat food. Food is supposed to be like the drug through which the body rejuvenates itself. If food is not necessarily pleasure that is sweet. <laughs> they say if you don't eat food like drug, then you will eat drug like food. Have you heard about it before? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you have to vet what you eat. You are not supposed to eat because of the sweetness of the food. You are supposed to eat based on what your body needs. You could be bitter, but is that what your body needs now? Yes. Then give your body what it needs at that point in time. 
irrespective of how you feel the thing in your mouth. So when he said, my, he said, he said, I'm the bread of life. So when we are infirm spiritually and we receive his word, his word has capacity just like when you eat food. Maybe what your body needs is maybe in the spleen or in the heart or in the kidney. The important is that you have eaten the balanced food that your body needs. Your body knows which part is needed, which part is infirm, and supplies the material there. Abby, right? Likewise, too, child of God. When His word hits your soul, your soul digests it. Any part of your life that is infirmed, what happens? The nutrient is supplied. Shout a big amen. So that's why man does not live on bread alone. Just what bread does to the body is what this world does to your spirit. I've not seen you one day eating and say, Oh God, as I'm eating this food, may protein come. May protein go and solve the problem of my body in this part. No, no, no. You just eat food. Even the drug you take. You just eat it and the body knows where to dispatch the necessary ingredients of life. Likewise, to feed your soul with the light of God's word. As it's shaping you, as it's altering your character, as it's changing your mindset, as it's building value in your heart. That is how he's sorting out all the areas of your life that are infirmed. The beginning of the formation of God's word in sorting your life is that primarily it starts with you. Because you are the your principal object. It starts with you first to change your mentality, to change your character, to change your attitude, to change your mindset. As it does that in you, after it has finished configuring you and you're now in alignment with God in your feelings, in your attitude, in your perception of life, it goes to start sorting every other thing out. Are we together here? You don't catch what I just said now. Sure? <laughs> we don't need to say it again. You understood it? Okay, if you do understand, let me see your hand first. Did you understand what the word does to you? Hmm? That when it comes, what does it do first? He shapes your attitude. Mm -hmm. Good. That is the first elementary dimension of the world. Then all the things you are praying about that are outside you. Do you know that the raw material through which God works there is the world he has put in your heart? Just like the food you ate yesterday is not the food that is giving you strength today. It is a food you've been eating for more than three, four months ago that your body has acquired over the time, right? That what has been stored and is using. So it's not just the administration of his word that you receive today that will just change the situation instantly. The important thing is keep eating balanced food. Keep eating. Keep eating. Keep eating. Keep eating. 
Your body knows what to do with what you're supplying the body with. When you now begin to allow the word shape your mentality, shape your attitude, affect your character, and generally your worldview, your world will begin to address every disobedience in your life. Each word that comes must shape you. Each word that comes as in it enlightens you. It shapes you. It molds you. It shuts you down. There are areas of your life that are so volatile. It shuts it down. Maybe your anger, maybe your appetite towards one thing or the other, it shuts it down. All of a sudden, you just lose grip of your anger. The things that used to infuriate you and turn you off, all of a sudden, does not make sense to you again. Yes, that means the world is at work. An altar has collapsed. <laughs> An altar has collapsed. So when a demon of anger comes, he, can, he doesn't have a platform to operate any longer. So his ministry is over in your life. The artists I've been praying about. I've been praying about the Lord saying, My son, I he said, Did I tell you when I was teaching the disciples how to pray? That even before you pray, he knows what you want to pray about. Then I said, when you want to pray, pray like this. Leave those intentions, pray like this first. He said, feed your soul with enough raw material. I will sort your life. Be a carrier of my word. Be like Mary, who ponders everything in her heart. Mary was pondering the word. She was pondering the word. It was shaping her mind. It was shaping her attitude. It was shaping her mentality, her worldview. The way she sees life was from the goggle of the word of God. Every now and then, each word that pops up, she just praises God about it. And celebrates God. Living her own life in a corrupt and perverse generation. She didn't allow the environment to affect her. Rather, she dominated her environment by what she put in her heart. If you don't have the word in your heart, this system will corrupt you. This world will mess you up. Before you know it, you'll be speaking like them, talking like them. The only thing that can keep you. David said, how shall the young remain sinless in a corrupt world like this? He said, only through his word. Yes, that's what the Bible says. Thank you, precious Jesus. We give you all the glory. How shall the young remain sinless? Mm. <laughs> Psalm one one nine, verse nine. Psalm 119, verse 9. 
Thank you, precious Father. Are we there? Can somebody just read it loud? Mm -hmm. Good. By living according to your word. Each time there's a ministration of God's word in your soul, one thing that happens is that it kills the hunger for iniquity. You know? It tames your appetite for sin. And what is the ingredient that the world uses for that? It is what? Fervency. Fervency. Or fervent. To be fervent. You know? You know, if you check very well, but the many times you sin are when your zeal is down. Your, your instinct towards the things of God is so low. So you will begin to seek, you know, happiness in things that don't please God any longer. <laughs> but when your zeal is hot and you're fervent, what you can bring you down? So that's why Jeremiah says, Oh Lord, I found your world and I devoured them. They became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Hmm. Oh Lord, I found your word, and I devoured them, and became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. How shall the young remain sinless? But by obeying your word. Jeremiah says, Oh Lord, I found your word. So each time there was a ministration in his heart. That means a word has been found not in the Bible, but in his soul. Like all you are writing now. The one that is your own is the one that touched your heart. Huh? You can write many. <laughs> Anything I say, you'll be writing. But the one that touched you deeply, hey, pick that one. That means the Lord has ministered to you. Meditate on it. Use it and pray. Sit down with it. Allow your soul to feed on the content on, of that food. The spirit and the life in it. As your soul feeds on it, it will dispatch the necessary content to the part of your life that is infirmed. You may not know a close brother of yours is going to be very sick and that sickness will kill him. But because his word has entered you, and because you have connection with this person, light has come. In the spirit, light shuts down darkness. All the energies of darkness, when they see light, they get inca incapacitated. You only know that because you opened up your heart for that ministration was what brought that person's deliverance. You may not even know. That's why your soul is a gateway. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Say thank you, Jesus. Say I'm blessed. Say I'm the hope of my people. Say it again. Say I'm the hope of my family. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Say, I'm the light that will light them up in Jesus' name. The devil will not come and wire you. He will whine you, whine you, whine you. You get so dry. You feel so empty. And then that will be telling you, you see, look at how you are now. You can't do anything. You want to pray, you can't pray. You don't see for anything again. And before you know, your hands are down. <laughs> he is afraid of you. He is afraid of you. And because he roars like a roaring lion, he is not one, but he roars. People will feel that because he is roaring, he's in charge. He has promised. He will never fail. I will follow. I will follow Him. He has promised. He will never fail. His is forevermore is faithfulness is forevermore that is what we use to extinguish doubt and weakness when your soul is clamped down with all kinds of confusion where the devil will tell you no need again. Why are you killing yourself? Relax. And then you are heavy in your heart. Then you remind yourself, He's a faithful God. His faithfulness is forevermore. I will still maintain my faith. You see, you drag yourself up again and hold on to what He said. And the devil said, I thought I had, we are giving up now. Why are you still? You are condemned to live by faith, irrespective of the circumstances. As long as your faith is alive, child of God, they may put you inside a grave, but they can't cover you. And even when they cover you, as long as faith is there, the grave will vomit you. That circumstance will lose its grips. The more your soul articulates the word of God, as you wake up and your first thing that worries is, what has the Lord said to me today? You go through your scriptures, you peruse and peruse and peruse, read through, read through some parts of scriptures, and still nothing substantial has dropped in your heart. Then you may just have a quiet time and just be ruminated on the word of God. You may pick up a song and you are singing. All you are doing is that you are stirring up the atmosphere to connect to the headquarters so that whatever the Father is saying at that moment, your soul can trap 
Once a word drops in your soul, it could be a song that is moving you, that breaks you down. You are just singing that song before you know it, you are crying. Yes, yeah, child of God, the word has come. Once the word has come for that day, child of God, you'll be armed. No matter what you face, sing that song. If you're not addressing that issue particularly, maybe the song is a song of glory, but you have an issue that has to do with something else completely, child of God, be confused. Sing that song that was given to you. It was, it was meant for you for that day. And God has seen that there are things that will come your way that day and decided to give you that song because in the course of heaven, that is what has been governized for you. Sing that song with your eyes closed in the face of that challenge. That song, there's a content in that song that knows how to address the issue there. Don't be deceived. Sometimes you are sleeping and the angels of God will visit you without your knowing it. You'll be singing one song in your dream, singing one song in your dream, singing one song in your dream. You wake up. Don't say, hmm, why am I singing this song, sir? Oh, well. Anyway, you have wasted resources for that day. <laughs> they just came to equip you with anti-ballistic missiles that will clear the way for you for that day. Pick that song. Don't forget it. Every one of us sing that song. It was given to you. Exercise your priesthood by singing that song. And the more you sing it, the more heaven joins force with that song. You are the one leading the song in heaven. You may be walking on earth, but there's an aspect of you that is divinity that has connected to heaven. As you are singing that song, you are feeling somehow, you are feeling joyful, you are celebrating, you are excited in your spirit. Child of God, that time your spirit is excited. Let me tell you what has happened. You have moved. You have moved to join the others. And whatever is happening there, child of God, you don't know. You are here on earth, but spiritually, you are somewhere with other spirits and you are interacting. Your life is mingling with the paths of heaven. I didn't know this. It's the Holy Spirit that taught me. Many times your spirit moves, but you're not aware. But you get excited in your spirit. You get excited. You get so blessed. It's the way you feel. You feel elated, you know? It means your spirit has moved and has joined force with a cloud of witnesses. The Bible says we are surrounded by clouds of witnesses. The angels of God and the saints of God. You have joined them. If someone was to locate you in the spirit, they will see you among them. But on earth here, you are moving around. You don't know. Because the Bible says, because of sin, our body is dead. That means we are not sensitive enough to what our spirit does in the spirit. That's why the only time you can feel impact of this is when you sleep. In your dream, you are moving. You think your dream is just mental. No, 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 no. That is your spirit man at work. That's why whatever 
happens to you in the dream world, maybe something attacks you in, the dream, in your dream world, and you confront that thing. When you wake up, you're excited, right? You feel victory was given to you because your spirit actually was at work then. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say I'm blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, Jesus. Hmm. Your word become the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Refuse to get depressed. Flood your heart with the word of God. Be it the inspired word that comes from God. Be it the induced word that comes from scriptures. Be it the given word that comes through songs. Crave for it every day. As you wake up by 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning, begin to crave and say, Ah, what has come today? Let your radar be searching, be searching, be searching. Let the panting for the world be in your heart. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. That's why if you are the type that goes for money mass as you're coming, your heart is panting. You just want to get something that will ignite the fire. You may come, it may be the mass, as the priest said, the Lord be with you. Something hits you. It could be the readings. Why the readings are going on, you are listening to the reading, you stumble on a particular word that touches you. That means you have got the word for the day. It may not be what he's saying here or what is being read, but what he said that may touch you. Sometimes, what blesses me is when I'm saying a prayer of consecration, I stumble on some words. <clears throat> Immediately, I know that I've been so beautiful today. My density has increased. I know by virtue of what has happened, no evil will come near me. The evil will be subdued. Wicked shall be silenced in darkness. <laughs> That's what the word does. When the word enters your life, it silences the wicked in darkness. It suffocates them in their own region. You use the very thing they have prepared against you or against anybody. You use it and suffocate them. They will die in the same very machine or machinery that put in place to destroy somebody. I'm giving you the secrets of the kingdom that many don't have. And they are every day running from pillar to post. God is bringing you to enlightenment. You know, he told us this year, it's a year of what? Divine enlightenment. He will take us into mysteries that will arm you with what it makes you to become mysterious to the affairs of life. Yes. There shall be no death. There shall be no violence. There shall be no penury. There shall be no backwardness. No violence shall come near our home. The joy of the Lord is our strength. No weapon fashion against you shall prosper. Any tongue that rises against us, we condemn in the name of Jesus. Amen. Prosperity is our own portion. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our portion. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Open doors is our portion. Amen. We walk in glory. We walk in power. Amen. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. Amen. The Lord is our shepherd. He's our great provider. He blesses the work of our hands. 
This year is our year of increase in the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hmm. The church has measured so much confessing her weaknesses. We are all sinners. We are all sinners every time, every time. We are more sin conscious than being conscious of the world. He said, as the rain falls and waters the earth and does not depart, but makes the ground wet and makes the things planted to sprout, to produce seed for the sower and bread to the eater. So my word that comes to you will never come back to me void. It will accomplish the task I've sent you to do. Everyone that enters your soul is a tax machine. It's going to accomplish something that the eyes cannot see, that the ears may not be able to perceive. But things are being changed, not from the periphery. Things are being changed from the restructure that is down below where the eyes of men can see. Say thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's how he silences the wicked in darkness. You see. And the life was light unto men. And darkness comprehended it not. When that light became your light, darkness is confused. Darkness will be silenced. Wickedness is silenced in darkness. Say, my heart, my heart is, a is a house of the word of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All I share with you are the previous food that I ate in the past. The banquets I have eaten in the past. They have become part of me. This is the richness of my soul. With the chair of my soul, you will see the deposit of his word that have hit my soul. And I know that some of the words were not even meant for me. But there are some people who cannot host the world. And God is banking on me. For their sake, he brings the word to me. And because I have connection with them, they become beneficiaries of, this, of the word that he has sent. Because the important thing is that, was the word sent? Yes. Well, has they so trapped it? Yes. Then somebody must be a what? A beneficiary. <laughs> from the bank of the soul of the child of God has kept the world and as we walk around we are day to day pondering on the word of God blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked what is the counsel of the wicked? the worldly mentality worldly attitude all this normal life is the counsel of the wicked. Who does not sit with scoffers? Those who despise the things of God. Those who have no time for the things of God. 
those who you know, make a jest of the things of God, they are called the scoffers. Now sit with sinners, not those who sit down and celebrate sin, not those who sit down in the banquet of sin and disobedience. But his delight is in the word of the Lord. On it, he meditates day and night. Amen. That's where we belong. That's where I belong. He shall be like a tree planted by the riverside. Physically, you are walking around, but you are planted in the ocean. Hmm? You are planted in the river of life. Amen. Amen. Your life can never run dry. He said, Our best fruit in due season, whose leaves shall never wither, and whatever he does, he prosper in it. <laughs> Who meditates on the word of God day and night? Day and night. Day and night. There's a craving for the ministration of the word. Oh Lord, speak to me. Not about what you tell the Lord, but what the Lord tells you. What changes is not what you tell God, but what God tells you. If you can wait on He says a word, the change will occur. That's why those who grow in stature, they come to a point where they don't pray all this, pray, 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 pray about this, pray about this anymore. Because they know that with his all see eyes, he knows whatever is captured within the ambience of your aeon. I hope you still remember aeon, right? Yeah, world. Your world. And when he's addressing you, he addresses you based on what your world needs. For you, it may be this one. But for him, he sees that this, this, this is a cause of this. He addresses this one. So your heart must be ready. My heart is ready. Oh God, my heart is ready. Have you heard it before? Have you heard it before? Where did you hear it? <laughs> it's one of the Psalms. David was a man. Oh. David was something else. He waited and waited. Nothing was happening. He said, oh God, my heart is ready. My heart is ready. Speak to me. <laughs> Do you want God to silence the wicked in darkness? Yes. Then stop binding them. Just say, Lord, speak to, speak to me. Let him send a word to you. Go to bed with what? With an appetite for his word. Well, I've not heard from you. And let you always speak from scripture. Don't allow yourself to be exposed to strange voices. And he will say, God is speaking to me. He must speak to you with the voice of scripture. Anything he tells you, tell him, Lord, is he here? Go and search for it. Okay? Because as you, as you increase your appetite to hear, even the devil knows. Eh, you want to hear that? He, he knows the principle. He has been there before. He floods your mind with stupid things that appear very religious but not spiritual. And so each word that must be spoken must find expression through his word.
Anytime he speaks to you, tell him, Lord, speak the language of scriptures. Because even himself said, I've elevated my word above my name. Which word? This one here. So why should he speak with another thing? Outside this one. Every form of wickedness in your life. In the life of anyone connected to you. Seen and unseen wickedness. Purported wickedness. Yet to happen. But already galvanized in the spirit. All, all forms of sickness. Backwardness. Limitation. Death. All forms of negativity. That the enemy has cooked up against anyone here or anyone connected to you either by blood or by faith or by friendship we decree and we declare that wickedness be silenced in darkness in the name of jesus christ Amen. Be silence in darkness in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Be silence in darkness in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, precious Father. The third one. So we can pray. What's the third? The third step in First Samuel chapter two, verse nine. Have you forgotten already? Let's look at it. Yes, yeah, the first one is that the Lord orders the steps of the saints. Second, the wicked, he silences in darkness. <laughs> the third one is what? For by strength shall no man prevail. Yes, by strength men can achieve. By strength, a lot of things, a lot of things can happen. Hmm? <laughs> Are we together here? The wisdom of God is so powerful. By your struggles, you will succeed, right? Yes. No, you will succeed. No, accept it. This is the fact. We're not trying to be uh, religious here. Yes, if you hustle, you make it. Abi? Uh huh. If you walk, you will eat. Huh? <laughs> That's double hala. That is double hala. In the normal sense of the word, every human being that struggles must make it. Yes. The wicked, they struggle, they make it. But there's a standard given to us in that word. Please, what do you say again? Read it again. Read your Bible again. We need to read it meditatively. There's a light in that word. First Samuel. Mm -hmm. Read again. <laughs> Who is reading now? Okay, you read mm -hmm. your own version. Okay, from, from the. Nine. Okay, he guides the step of his faithful one. One. For the wicked, he makes to vanish in darkness. Mm -hmm. For no one succeeds by his own strength. Okay, this one says succeed. Uh -huh. You all said what? This one says he keeps the feet of his saints, mm -hmm. and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. Okay, that was the prevail. Yes, no man. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the way the dream version so I say vanish, so they disappear in darkness. Okay, go ahead. The last one there. Mm-hmm. The last one. You see, so I say triumph. Anybody with another different version? Yes, read. Can you lift your voice? He's protecting BTS from his faithful friends. Mm-hmm. By himself. Mm-hmm. Or he's to be careful. Uh-huh. No one makes it in this life by sheer muscle. By what? Sheer muscle. Sheer muscle. So don't say I think I eh. Uh-huh. <laughs> It is you yeah. you understand? So you can see what the scripture is saying here. So don't say I'm intelligent. I love two words there. And when I went to the meaning of the word there, what it means is to to prevail over the affairs of life. To prevail. To be triumphant. You can make it in life but still be defeated. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. You see a lot of people who have made so much money, but they are in bondage. They are still slaves to puppets and they are puppets in the hands of spirits. And that's why you see them patronizing all kinds of witch doctors, pastors, because they are what? They have been subdued. But they have too much things around them. So God is saying, by strength shall no man prevail. So don't depend on your strength. For it to prevail over the stark realities of life, you've got to learn to engage the strength that comes from above. I learned this many years ago. So that's why the show of power is no longer an issue. When you have an issue with anybody, don't go quarreling. Walk away. Let him show his strength. When he shows his strength, the person who is doing that making that noise we just go down paralyzed allow God to fight for you allow God to fight for you many a times the the challenge of life what it needs from you is silence 90% of the challenges you have what you need to sustain cons- consistently is what they call maximum silence of the soul He says, let your heart not be troubled. If the trouble is outside there, will trouble your soul. You will sink. They say the water that sinks the boat is not the water inside the boat. It's not the water outside the boat. It's the water that gets into the boat. When you allow the troubles of life so much way into your soul, as your soul is going down, your life is going down. Mark that. Amen. Amen. Where do you test the state, the condition of your life? Is the state of your soul. That's why the devil has brought out four machineries to sink your soul. If you can sink your soul with those things, he knows that your life will go down with it. We've mentioned it before. 
the four most deadly little weapons of the devil. Who can mention it? Who can mention some of them for me? Fear, doubt, unbelief, ignorance. Go home and write them out, print them on a A4 paper. Put them somewhere, and every day, check yourself there. Anytime you have challenge, just go and stand in front of that thing and watch yourself. Which of them is at work now? <laughs> doubt. Am I doubting, really? You will know. Yeah. Fear. Okay. Is it ignorance? <laughs> when you vet yourself there consistently, and you take the necessary measures to deal with them, you'll be shocked. Treat every problem that visits you from your soul. How many times you have solved problems physically and you go and it will surface again? It may not surface in that area and that one will come from another place again. You keep solving problems. Hey, you are like cutting the grass and you have not destroyed the root. For by strength shall no man prevail. Strength. No man. For by strength shall no man prevail. And I asked the Lord, okay, if not by strength shall no man prevail, by what shall we prevail? He said, I have put it in your heart already. And I search my heart. I said, Lord, I have not found it. He said, it's there. He said, when you accepted my son, I gave you something. I said, yes. Say how? I said, I know that what is important in the Christian life is not what I have done for God, but what God has done for me. God so loved the world that he gave. So something has been given. And as many who receive what he has given shall never perish, be it in this life or in the life to come. Amen. Amen. Because of what I have received, I refuse to perish. No wickedness will come to my aeon. My aeon is fully guarded by the substance of God in my life. Substance of God. And what that substance? Jesus Christ. So the important thing is what I have received, and because of what I received, my, my whole world has changed. It changed the texture of my life, it changed the structure of my life, it changed the values of my life. So my life now is no longer for myself or for anybody, my life now is for him. The substance of God, which is Jesus Christ. Christ in me is the hope of my glory. He said, ultimately, when Jesus came into your life, what is the ultimate thing he brought? I said, ah. I said it's life now. Nature now. 
spirit now. He said yes. But there's something I'm missing. I said, what is it? He said, I'm asking you, you should find out yourself. These are the elementary ones who have received. He said, in the three contents, you have received his nature, you have received his life, you have received his spirit. He said, that spirit is called what? The spirit of what? I call it the spirit of liberty. Operating by which mystery? I began to search. He said, what is the spirit, you know, intention for the church? <clears throat> to present a church without wrinkles or spots. I said, yes, sir. He said, by which mystery is the Holy Spirit engaging that? I said, by the mystery of immortality. He said, yes. For by strength shall no man prevail. For by immortality, men shall prevail. You now ask me a question. Have you received immortality? I say, yes, Lord. You say, where is it? I say, it's in my soul. Under whose custody? I say, the Holy Spirit. He said, yes, you are correct. He said, the life of immortality is even more narrow than the life of Christianity. It's more narrow. So, he said in your soul, you have tested immortality. And this is your life. This grace here must move from the soul, from your spirit, to your soul, to your body. But everything has been captured in your soul, in your spirit. He said, I have given you everything in your spirit. My strength is in your spirit. My blessing is in your spirit. My favor is in your spirit. Everything you ever need in life, I've put it in your spirit, my spirit. The Bible says, when the Lord gave us Jesus, he gave us himself. But when he gave us the Holy Spirit, he gave us everything. You know, say, my spirit is locked up in your spirit. Jesus said, the Bible says, whoever is joined to Christ is one and the same spirit with him. That means his spirit has subsumed itself into your own spirit. Now you have a responsibility as a child of God to stir up your spirit to make what has been given to you in your spirit move into your soul. Where you can begin to cognitively identify them. Then from your soul, you've got to manifest them in your body. And that is what meditation does. So meditation helps you to draw water from where? From where? What the Bible says, with joy, you will do what? And where is the well of salvation? Your spirit man, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You have a responsibility to pull it out. To pull it out every day. Eh? But it's inside your spirit. So sometimes when you fast, 
you are actually breaking down the barriers that stops you having access to the world. So when you fast, it helps you to have the energy to perceive more the content of your soul and have access to read, to manifest it, not just in your cognitive dimension, but in your physical uh, dimension. And once it shows up in your body, your aeon will receive a transmission immediately. Hey, 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 hey. Are we together here? Yes. Are you getting it? Yes. That's why your body is an antenna. You see the antenna that is there for glow and MTN. Once you are within the antenna, what happens? You can receive service, right? Abby? Yes. Signal. You can pick signal. But once you are outside the antenna, what happens? You can pick signal. Your aeon is your range of what? So anything captured in your world, whatever is your soul that you're able to manifest into your cognitive dimension, huh? and then engage into your body, your body now transmits it. So now service everything in your aeon. Jesus was asked, the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but your own disciples are not fast. He said, uh, how can a wedding guest fast when the bridegroom is with them? That means they are enjoying the coverage. As they were all the aeon of Jesus, they are fully covered. That's why even when the devil planned to sweep Peter, to make him chaff. He said, Peter, the enemy has planned to sweep you like a witch and make you chaff, but I have prayed for you. That means he had to stop that through prayer because he was a coverage over them. But he said, when, they, when the bride is taken away, they will fast. They will not depend on my own coverage again. They have to learn with joy, draw water from their own well of salvation. Have you heard about the, the story of um, the what is it the water? The water is in Solomon's uh, days where you find those who are lame, who are crippled, who are there in the water, waiting for the water to be stirred. Right? But the first person that starts seeing gets healed. Full of beside. I think so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, each time the word of God comes to your soul, the water in the pool of your spirit is stirred. And once it's stirred, whatever that is around your aeon that needs urgent attention, catch it. I'm teaching deep spiritual mysteries that you will never learn it from anywhere. <laughs> These are the things that the devil has hidden for ages. He doesn't want the poor God to know this. And if you grow in this dimension, you will not need anybody to pay for you again. You will, anything captured under your aeon, you will subdue it. The Bible says, I'm the well of salvation. Mobile well, for that matter. Do you know that Queen Abraham <coughs> was on the way to moving around with uh, his brother's 
son called Lot. Where he was, the spiritual coverage of where Abraham was, you know, encompassed Sodom and Gomorrah. That even though they were living in iniquity, for God to go there, he had to consult the man who was covering that territory. I'm going to discuss Sodom and Gomorrah. That is why Abraham had to intercede. He was negotiating. If there are five, Uncle. If there are six, Uncle. And when he was not too sure, he prayed and said, please, my brother is there. That's the person that messed him up. Please, can you rescue him and his family? Pray for enemies and do good to them. Say, so I, I have a coverage. In the name of Jesus, the, name of Jesus. the light of God must shine. Can you say it more prophetically? The light of God must shine. You see, the reason for this teaching is to enlighten you. If after this teaching and your prayer life doesn't change, then I don't know again. I'm not going to pray. But this should be enough to explain to you. I'm not entertaining you. I'm giving you secrets that can change your life and change your environment. If after listening to this, you are still the same person, then you can see what Jesus was saying. Don't give what is precious to dogs. I know there are people now under my roof, under my yon. And so, just as a farmer who waters the farm, when there's drought, when there's hamatan, and he wants what is planted to be alive, what happens? He goes to his well and pulls the water and starts watering, and starts watering, and starts watering. He waters himself, he waters the young, he waters himself. With joy, you will draw water. And this one, being that you can't draw with your hand, you need to pick the signal from heaven, just like they pull up beside her. Each time the angel comes into the water, he stirs it up. The word he sends to you is to stir up the well inside of you. Then you can begin to water your life. You water things. You will see what and what is needed. Anything you say under that canopy, under that grace, has power behind it. That power is the Spirit of God. That's why he said the words are spoken to you, they are spirits, they are life. So each time he says a word to you and you speak it forth, what happens? As you voice it, the spirit takes over. It becomes not your word anymore, but the word of the spirit. Can you see how God has blessed us to partner with him? Just the way he said, let there be light. Let there be waters. So when you say such things under this atmosphere, you are not the one saying, he said, I will give you a wisdom and a mouth that when you speak, even your opponents will not be able to contradict you. Sickness will not be able to contradict you. Negativity cannot what contradict you. Everything that stands against your life at that moment, and you speak any word based on ministration, stand up in your spirit. Oh, child of God, once you say it, it's no longer your word. The spirit has taken that case. 
he will handle it himself. And the spirit himself is the king of all spirits. I will make my heart your dwelling place. I will build your throne in my heart. Come, Father, come, Son, She's asking whether we can throw more light on spirit and soul. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Holy, holy, 
So what's the difference between the spirit, the soul, and the body? Your spirit is your spirit. It's pure spirit that hosts your life. Okay? The real you is your spirit. Your body carries your spirit. Your body hosts or houses your spirit. Okay? Now your soul is the interaction between your body and the spirit. Sometimes in scripture it is used interchangeably. When they say your soul, they mean also both your spirit and your soul. We have what they call the soulish realm. Okay? Why we call both the spirit and the soul the soulish realm is because there are many of the things that your spirit is able to carry out is actually, most of the things that your spirit has carried out is recorded in your soul and so remains with your spirit. Like the man, the rich man who died and was in hell. When he was talking, when he saw Lazarus, he recognized him. Because a dimension of his soul was he having information in his spirit. Are you getting my point? Because of the interaction between his spirit and his soul, the information the soul rendered to his spirit is still there with his spirit. But the instrument of the soulish realm is no longer there. And what is the instrument of the soulish realm? Your cognitive dimension. Your imagination. Your conceptualization. Your... All the faculties of awareness, if you like. Your consciousness. All the faculties of your consciousness is called the soulish realm. And those faculties is what they pick from your soul your spirit, and the guy around is what they transmit to your body. Are we together here? Are we together here? Yes, brother. If you don't listen attentively, you'll not catch it. <laughs> I just noticed some people now who were actually partially attentive. And I mean, that I said, are you understand me? They said no. <laughs> now, what I'm trying to say is that your soul is pure spirit, your body is pure corporal, pure mortal. For the spirit and for the soul, or for your spirit and your body to interact, there must be a common ground. And the common ground is your consciousness. Your consciousness has to do with your cognitive dimension, your, your thinking comprehensive dimension. I don't know what are the words I'm using, they are very, you can still understand them. You know, your cognitive dimension is all about what you are thinking, what you see, what you hear, what you perceive, and where it is processed. It builds up your consciousness. Where you have your will, where you make decisions. It's from that cognitive dimension that it affects your emotions, what you think, your decision making, your choices, what you like, what you don't like. All of them are built up in your cognitive dimension. It is that cognitive dimension that has the capacity and the ability to interact with your spirit. So the interaction between your spirit and your cognitive or conscious dimension is what you call the soul. Are you following what I'm saying now? Yes. Uh -huh. 
your consciousness in relating with your spirit, that relationship between your consciousness, what you can think and decide and articulate, and your spirit man is what is called the soul. It is actually your spirit. Don't be confused when it has been used interchangeably in the past. I'm not breaking it down for you. Because when you die, your cognitive dimension dies with you. But your soul or your spirit, see how the interaction that you had with your soul while you were on earth. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Say now? Yes, my brother. <clears throat> Okay, what does he say? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, we, we, I think uh, you get what you what just say now. That God now breathed on the the man of the clay, and the, both the man of the clay and the man of the spirit became a living soul. Meaning that he has now created the interaction between the clay and the spirit. That consciousness that was established between the spirit and the body is what is called the soul. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Two seven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. Then the Lord God formed man of dust on the ground and breathed into his nose the breath of life. Mm -hmm. And man became a living soul. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. Man became a living soul because body has come now. And the body is the antenna that picks the signals from this dimension transfers it into the cognitive dimension where there's understanding, where there's uh, whatever, and then this process there to interact with your spirit. And the spirit too has the capacity to interact with you through your soul. It must pass through your soul. The soul is like a medium. I, I, the, the word I'm trying to remember since. Um, um, <clears throat> uh, the soul is... Um, Where there's a traffic, the, inter the interactive body, huh? What? Not intercession, no, no. Mm. You know, junction. <laughs> eh? Okay, but I think the explanation goes, I think it's plain enough, you know. If you see my drawing here, it will help you. Look at this is your body, 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 right? Then the interaction of the body will have the soul here. You see? Then you have the spirit at the core center. So for this body to interact with your soul, with your spirit, it has to go through the soul. For this one to interact here, it has to go through the soul. So you see the soul here, see the soul here, see the soul here. Then see your spirit man here. Yes. Your spirit, what? Where? Where in Hebrews? Read it, let me hear. What does he say? Read it, read it, read it. Read it, read it. Go ahead. 
Are you not there? You just uh, lay the emphasis of the three divisions, okay? Don't get confused, okay? Don't get confused. Your spirit man, the interaction between your spirit man and your body is your soul. Okay? That's just it. Your inter the interaction between your spirit man and your body is your soul. Your soul has to do with your, your cognitive dimension, your comprehensive dimension, where your thoughts, your emotions, the choices and decisions, your free will, all are all, you know, mixed together, if you like. They're all interact in that dimension. So your soul does not live exclusively from the body alone. No, no, no. It lives from what comes from the body and from what comes from the spirit. And so, if we were to take this a little bit further, you will see that what the devil has come to do is to find a way of shutting out your spirit from influencing your soul and your body. You see the point? That's the battle of every Christian. God's intention was that everything that happens on this side of your body must all take root from your spirit. Your spirit should be able to tell what your soul should do. Your choices are to be censored by your spirit. Your decisions are to be censored by your spirit. What your body craves for must be censored by the spirit. But when man fell, his spirit was truncated. That's his spirit became weak. It's like he died. So now man lives from the body. So it's now what the body wants that the soul will crave for. So you see, man began to live from the body and not from the spirit. But now in Christ, the Bible says that we have been renewed in Christ. Our spirits have been resurrected now. And so the battle now is to begin to reconfigure your system, not to be operating from the body again, but to now start living from the spirit realm. And that's the battle. That's why the battle is a battle between your body and your spirit. The body is saying, no, I want to retain my position. And the spirit is saying, no, I must take over what belongs to me. Uh -huh. So the spirit will be willing to do the things of God, but your body will resist and say no. So your battle, now why you fast, is you want to disarm the body of his legacy, claiming that he owns, your body, no, owns you. And you want to subdue the body to yield to what the spirit wants you to do. And this time the word of God is coming to you, your, the word of God does not come to your body. It comes to your spirit. And when it comes to your spirit and it wants to manifest it, your body will resist. You see, that's why we don't obey by what the senses tells us. We pray by what the Spirit tells us. And the Bible says, as men who are led by the Spirit and not by the flesh, these are the sons and the daughters of God. And finally, I just shared uh, something very uh, useful to our people at the center here about the journey of repentance. And I want to just share that with you. It will also help you. You know, that repentance is in three categories. We have the foundational repentance, we have the second stage repentance and the final stage repentance. There are three of them. Okay? Good. 
The first level of repentance is when you are still struggling against sin, particular sins that holds you down, be it mortal sins, be it venial sins. Okay? You know, some Christians, that's where they settle. Is it evil? Is it good? For them, their Christian life is all about whether it is good or evil. And that's where they dwell. That's the first level that you must deal with to a point where no sin perpetually holds you down again, no matter how small it is. Be it lost, be it stealing, be it lying, be it anything. You must break away from the foundational dimension of iniquity. And so when you have broken that, then you enter another level. And at that level still, you also need to repent in that level to grow, which is to grow in the spirit. Spiritual growth. And spiritual growth has to do with no longer obeying the appetite of your body. I like this shoe. Hey, I want to buy it. First of all, whatever you like will be subjected to its own likeness too. So you're not living your life based on what you crave for, what you feel, and what you like. You must now live your life based on what he likes and what he wants. Your dressing, your life behavior, everything you do, <clears throat> the transactions in your aeon must be subjected to his will. Ah, I want to relocate to America. No, 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 no. You like it, but have you asked him? You see, that's where many they feel that it's my right. It's not your right because what the Lord utters <laughs> what I can't hear you. <laughs> You're laughing now. You can see he orders your step. If he tells you don't go, you don't go. You have the passport, you have got your green card, you have to move. You have to ask him. If he doesn't give you a vet, you don't go. Ah, this country, I don't understand this country. Yes, it's true, but ask him first. Or else, if you go, he will withdraw his presence from you. Then you'll be vulnerable. Whatever happens to you is your choice. So the second level is where you are no longer living based on what you like and what you crave for. Is based on what he likes and what he craves for. You see the point? It will affect the details of your life, even the kind of friends you have. There are some friends you have, he will tell you, leave this person. He said, but this is a nice person now. This person has been so nice to me. He tells you, leave this person. Just obey. Just obey. So that means you have now begun to grow in the spirit. You're not living above your appetite. You're living above your likes and your dislikes. There are some things you don't like. He will tell you, you can't do it. You see the point? That's where his lordship begins to manifest in your life. I'm coming, right? That's where his lordship begins to manifest in your life. That's where you deny the self. You're not denying the self, which is an idol in your life. But as you work strong in that dimension, before you mature out of that one, you have grown into what they call stature. At that point, you can no longer betray God based on what you like or what you don't like. Even when they bring money and it's so much, you don't see it as a blessing. You have to ask him, should I take this money? Have you heard about some men of God that will bring money to them and they'll say, please, take the money away. Those people are under the government of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I want to bless your ministry. You know, God will be so nice. Can I just give you 40 million? You know a breakthrough. Can I ask you first? Because some of them are trapped. You are living above your appetite now. Everything you have to do must be based on what he likes. But 
That's a different case. The Lord can tell if it's a bad morning, God will go tell you. Yes. The third one, let me finish the third one before we start asking questions. Then the third one is what? The third one is walking in the realities of the kingdom. The mysteries of the kingdom. Being a, being a, a carrier of his glory. On account of the degree to which you have been able to subdue your appetite and what you like, and now you are there by the living for what he likes, as you work strong in it, God cannot trust you with heavenly realities. His glory will be manifested in your life. He can trust you with burdens to change the dimension. He can trust you with, with, with blessings that will bless people. He can trust you with heavenly secrets. You now become a hoster of his glory. That's what Isaiah was saying. Arise and shine, for your light has come, for the glory of God is upon you. He's not talking to baby Christians. He's talking to matured Christians who walk by light. Who orders their steps by the light of which is God's word. They don't live by themselves anymore. Amen. Amen. They are the ones now at level who can now operate the glory of God. God can bank on them to change things. Abraham was operating on that level. That's why even before he went to, you know, walk and maybe bring judgment to Solomon and Gomorrah, he had to even meet him and even discuss things pertaining that, that uh, uh, place with Abraham. It's a sign that he was a carrier of glory. So we must understand that these are the three steps through which God wants us to pass through. So some people will tell you, I don't have any sin, I don't need repentance again. No. If you have stopped sinning, okay, thanks be to God. No sin is having a grip of you. Have you grown above your appetite? Are you the type that offenses catch, catch up with you? Any small thing gets you offended. As long as you can be irritated and you can be vexed from the, you, you, from the animal point of view, you are still a, what? a slave. You must overcome offenses. The Lord was teaching me one a few days ago. <laughs> hey, when you think you are graduating, he opens another level for you. He said, my son. I said, yes. He said, don't allow that in as much as you, have, you are growing, not allow human beings to offend you. Don't allow the circumstances of the happening to vex you. Because ultimately, what the devil wants to do is that at every point in time, he wants your spirit man to be vexed. To always be on the offensive side. I mean, always being offended. He wants your spirit man to be broken. Not positively, but negatively. So he brings pressure of lack. He brings negative circumstances. The happenings in the society be it political, be it economic, be it career-wise, and it creates frustration, and all of it comes and jams in your spirit, and you begin to be irritated. You will not be happy. It's a system of darkness to subdue your spirit, because you know that as long as you can subdue your spirit, you will subdue your soul, have access to your body, and you are young beyond his time. That's why you have to maintain a steady heart of joy and and peace. Paul says, I say rejoice. Rejoice. I say rejoice always. So because you can ask, okay, you have grown that offenses cannot happen to you by maybe of human beings. But circumstances, you watch the news and see what is happening in America, you get angry. See, what's the meaning of all this? Eh? 
Why? What is this word turning to? Eh? Then you get sad. You know what's happening. And then you allow it to eat up the light in your soul. It's a machinery of the enemy. You will dampen your spirit. Next Saturday, if we are going to have, I'm going to teach you on the effect of a broken spirit. I will teach you the effect. How it can affect your young, how it can affect your life, everything you do. That's why you have to guard your heart. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it issues what the things of life. The things of life in your whole aeon is captured in what? In your heart. Somebody's hand was up. Okay. Okay. After Mr. Fatih. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Stature and character. They are, they are completely different. Stature has to do with the general, no, general um, uh, articulation of both your character, point of your choices, your decisions, your man, your way of life. Everything con you know, that is condensed put together, the quality of all the work. Character is just a, is, is a, is an, is an aspect of uh, uh, an aspect of stature, yes. An aspect of stature. You may have a sound character, but have a very wrong disposition. You see? You see the point? You can have a very good character, okay, but have a very bad disposition. That means you're not disposed to certain things that come into your life. You can't take it. Maybe this person gets angry easily. Mm -hmm. You understand? So, it is the entire combination of your character, your attitude, your disposition, your mentality, your, your both mental, emotional, and body discipline as crystallized together is what produces the ingredients called worst action. As much as the world can affect all these things, and bring them under God's alignment. Your attitude comes under alignment. Your discussion comes under alignment. Your desires comes under alignment. Your decisions and choices come under alignment. As all of them are governed by the word of God. The end product of, the, of this orchestration is what produces out of you stature. Based on your quality of what comes out of you, God can trust you. And that's where the Lord wants all of us to come into. He wants all of us to come into the fullness of such. So I don't want to be able to tell lights in that dimension. Yes, I have to some extent. Mm, no. Statue is not a statue of Christ. Yes, and it is character of Christ. You know, because this is the this is that now, okay, let me ask. Uh -huh. And the next stage, for example, the sister is saying that the best we can give to a common believer is regenerated life, which is Christ. Now, once the believer has come in from that regenerated life, the next we can give is the work. 
Mm -hmm. himself. Now, once he has received the word, mm -hmm. the next phase is for him to receive the spirit. That's through that formation uh, uh, of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Then, once you have received this formation of the spirit, he builds the character. That's the structure. Okay. So you are saying character. Character is uh, the superficial word. The structure is more deeper. You know, the Bible says Jesus grew and waxed strong in the spirit. That waxing strong in the spirit is a product of what the word of God has done in his body and his spirit. That's waxing strong in the spirit is what is called stature. It's maturity, just like human maturity. You see, when you are a child, you keep it growing. Now you go to school, you can drive, you can cook. A lot of things are happening. Your whole life is fully activated. And so you're not infirm in any area, right? That maturity that comes as a result of both your physical, mental, and emotional maturity is what we all desire. So in the spirit, the same way, when you when you grow, when your when your mental, emotional, and spiritual dimensions are all <coughs> crystallized and come under God's alignment, that's what is called stature. Stature is more encompassing. An aspect of stature is character. This is the point. It's character. You know, when we mention the character of Christ, it's an aspect of Christ. But the stature of Christ is the holistic dimension of the person of Christ. Is that clear now? Good. And that's what God actually desires. It's the disaster of the stature. The product of all that is what is doing in your life mentally, emotionally, spiritually, bodily. How does, does that produce any effect in your life? That effect is what is called that. Based on that record, that track record, God can see this person and this person and this. And the last question, yes. Oh, I'm praying. I'd like to know how, how, how to know that God has <laughs> so I, I I said it, I said the umpire, listen, I've just uh like this talk man. Your spirit man, you have to let go this to your spirit. Your spirit can speak to you through your mood and speak to you in your mental uh, features, can speak to you even in your body. Okay? Your spirit will manifest through your soul. Anytime you are you want to see God's face in anything, present in the prayer, you know, coherently. Don't just want to be all the things. It's my life now. I don't know what you're about. I don't know what I'm about. I just want to move to the next one. I want to thank you in advance because the, the, the expectation of the righteous shall not be impossible. Let us are preparing. You notice you are getting sad and sad. You know, you know, there's this restlessness you have. Some days you want to go and do the thing self, you are discouraged. You go there, you are having double mind. Hey, this is pleasant. God is trying to shut you down. God is trying to shut you down. Anytime you have that, please calm down. It means it's telling you in no. Sometimes you may even start frustrating the tongue. You may say that it's which is your way that are frustrating for you. No, it's God who's trying to stop you. How do you know peace? There's this exquisite peace that you enjoy. When that peace is there, uh -huh, that's the umpire. It is you. 
Sometimes you may even finish, you are about to move, the piece drops. Stop. The piece doesn't want to move that time. And for the third, that they that spray at you, you will notice that if there's an enemy, enemy danger, goes inside of your appetite for prayer. That engine will begin. The generator will start. You start praying. You sit on just praying and praying and praying and praying. And the more you pray, the more the energy to either stop you or to move you will come. But the first step is make up your mind first. Look at me. Make up your mind first that before you move, you must pray. If not, if you have made up your mind that I know if I tell you what, you will not allow me. So let me might just go and go, okay? Then go your own. <laughs> you know, some people don't do that. They know that God will stop them. They bypass it. They bypass God and say, let me just do it. I know that if I meet him, he will say no. So no need. Let me just do my own thing. But when you start suffering, don't call him. Don't say, God, why? Because his plans are always the best for us. He knows better. He knows better. Always listen to your soul. Your soul sees more than your eyes. Your spirit man sees more than your eyes. Thank you, precious heart. Just appreciate him for the word of today. For having blessed us richly. For having sent his word to us. And the word he has sent today has come to heal us. Both of things we know and the things we don't know. Things pertaining our a young, maybe related to our loved ones or, or people that are connected to us. The hand of God has located them by the words that He has sent to us. Let us thank Him because the word of today delivers us from destruction. The destruction that is out there in the world of darkness by the words of today were assured of further deliverance from destruction, further deliverance from violence. For that deliverance from wickedness, for that deliverance from the evil happenings in our world, for that deliverance from every energy of the enemy that is in the air, looking for who to devour. Let us appreciate him because heaven was open today. The doors of heaven was open. The windows of heaven was open. Blessing has come. We have been enriched in our soul by his word. Holy Spirit will honor you. We glorify you. Thank you for the touch. Thank you for the impact. Thank you for resolving the, even the unseen realities that have been us. Thank you for reaching out to our soul. Holy Spirit, we thank you for reaching out to, the, to our posterities, our brothers and sisters, and as many who are captured within the ambience of our aeon. You bless our parents. You bless our brothers and sisters. You bless our friends. Mm -hmm. You've sent your word into us to light them up. You've sent your word into our hearts to bless them, to deliver them, to encourage them, to preserve them. We honor you, O Holy Spirit. Thank you for your faithfulness, O God, to be faithful from generation to generation. There's no like unto you, O God. Thank you, Lord, for breathing the bread of life into us today. By the agency of your word, fresh breath has come. The breath of life. The breath of life. The breath of life. Thank you for Bereshit Hayim. And because life has come, death is conquered. 
Death is conquered. Death is conquered. Sickness is vanquished. Sickness is vanquished. Limitations have been destroyed. All forms of frustration. All forms of negativity. Whatever the enemy has planted in the spirit. By, by virtue of the breath of life that have come today. They have been nullified and brought to naught. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for your blessing, O oh God. Your blessing are unfathomable. They are undescribable. You've watered us. You've watered our soul. You've watered our lives. And every aspect of our lives, O oh God, have been famished and infirmed. Every limitation in our lives have been sorted out by your word have come today. Thank you for the enlightenment, O oh God. Thank you for the cloud of witnesses who are with us here. The angels and the saints. Thank you for this divine interaction. Thank you for this fellowship with divinity. Thank you for the fellowship with the college of spirits that are with us here. Precious Father, we glorify you. We know that in your presence, every burden and every heavy load, every intentions of your children are sorted out. Even though they didn't pray about it, the Bible says that you are able to do what I can think of or imagine. So that even what is in our thoughts, what are in our imaginations that we want to cast onto you, you have sorted them out by the power of your spirit at work in us. Father, by the words you sent today, may they be born into our spirit. May we live in the buoyancy and the prosperity of your world that we have come. The Bible says that when your word came, it prevailed in the Acts of the Apostle. Even as the word has come to the Father, may it prevail over every circumstance and situation in our lives. As many who have come to the Heavenly Father, whatever they are battling with, may your word prevail over them. May your word prevail over them. May your word prevail over them. Subdue them and nullify these entities and these realities that brings heavy load upon your people. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, sin must obey, wind must obey. By the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. Bless their families, O oh God. Bless their children. The hand of the enemy upon their lives is broken. Every ministration of darkness is cancelled. Every energies of the enemy that have been projected against anyone here comes an end today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You are the bread of life. Every part of our life, O oh God, that is hungry, that is famished, Shut them out, O oh God. Release your spirit. Release your grace into that aspect of our lives. And may our life be sorted out to your own glory, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father, for the light of faith you've granted today. When Jesus comes and meets us, he will find our faith fully alive. And because our faith is alive, our light is alive. Precious Father, King of glory, thank you for the canopy of your glory upon us. Thank you for your spirit that abides with us. In our going and coming, we are blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. In our going and coming, we are heavenly protected. We are heavenly protected in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, King of glory, pray for your sons and daughters who are here. They have come to seek you. May the light of your face shine upon them. May that body in their hearts be lifted. We are permitted to come the way we are, but we are not permitted to go back the same way. Let every burden in your heart, let every of your fears, let every of your frustrations, 
Let every of your burdens be taken away from you right now. Because the Bible says that Jesus is our burden bearer. He's our burden bearer. He carries that burden. Cast it onto him right now. Cast it onto him right now. He's ready to take them from you. And he will grant you rest. He said, and I will give you rest. Receive the rest that come from God and God alone. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Receive that settlement that comes from God alone. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the midst of the frustration that is going on in this world and in our country. May the Lord sort you out. Amen. May the Lord sort you out. Amen. May his miraculous intervention sort you out. Amen. When is a casting down? And by faith we say there's a lifting up. May you be lifted. Amen. May you be lifted. May you be singled out. And be given preferential treatment as God's own people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The frustration of darkness will not come to you. The bitterness of darkness will not visit you. I say the bitterness of darkness will not visit you. May the joy of the Lord be your strength in the name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, King of glory. Wipe away the tears of your loved ones all over the world. As men who trust you, who call upon your name. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. May your children be saved. May your children be rescued. May they enjoy divine tranquility in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I speak to your spirit. May your spirit be alive again. I speak to your soul. May your soul be enriched by the word of God. I speak to your body. May your body enjoy the grace of immortality. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, send your angels to come to guide your people. The Bible says that the angels of the Lord are there to grant our uh, grant us the grace of salvation. May your children continue to enjoy the maximum grace that comes as a result of the mystery of salvation by the angels of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In their going, may they be blessed. Amen. In their coming, may they be blessed. Amen. Bless their homes, O Heavenly Father. Deplete the energies of darkness that is being perpetrated in their homes, bringing division, bringing tension. Bringing all forms of negativity and irritation. May their home become home of peace and joy in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Whether unseen or unseen realities, that beside them in their homes, so Heavenly Father, I stand as your peace at this hour and I decree by the Spirit that whatever is of God that is planted in your home and is militated against the joy of your salvation comes to an end today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. May your home become the pillar of fire. May your home become the pillar of divine fire. Where the enemy cannot host any of his agendas in the name of Jesus Christ. As you step into your home, you will enjoy the grace of divine sanctuary in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, thank you for our parents. Thank you for our brothers and sisters. Thank you for as many who are connected to us. We bless them this day. We command that grace shall be upon their lives. There shall be no death. There shall be no violence. There shall be no wickedness. Upon as many who are connected to us in the name of Jesus Christ. We cover them with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The voice of the blood of Jesus shall not depart from them. They will hear the voice of mercy. They will hold the voice of prosperity, Amen. the voice of righteousness, Amen. the voice of victory, Amen. the voice of heaven, Amen. the voice of the blood shall be upon them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, thank you. Because we know you have done what I would ask. Because you are a faithful God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.